Hopes on Fire, Chapter 2 They stand at the gates. Tsunade is a tense pillar beside him, arms crossed over her chest. Her nails are digging into her skin, where her fingers are clenched around her upper arms, as if to keep herself from quivering. Sakura is mirroring her stance, but whereas Tsunade is biting her lip in a vicious frown, Sakura's emotions are even more visible in their fluctuations, flickering over her face from anger to hope to uncertainty. Jiraiya had prepared them, both of them, to not read too much into it, because while Naruto had agreed to this new alliance, he had made it clear that he had not changed his mind about anything else. He still believed Sasuke in the right, still did not trust Konoha to not disappoint him once more. At seventeen, he had spent a quarter of his life as a Nukunin, which might not seem like much, but for the first twelve years, he had also been an outcast. Essentially, he had only been a real part of Konoha for a little over a year, a year during which Sakura, according to herself, had either ignored him or made fun of him, a year during which Kakashi had only concentrated on the genius among his students, a year during which Jiraiya had only figured for a couple of weeks. For all intents and purposes, they are all strangers to Naruto, little more than fleeting thoughts. But by running away, he had become a fixture in their lives, a constant reminder in everything they did. So while Naruto is precious to them, his own fond memories are 90% Sasuke, and that is impossible to override. Now that this fragile bond has been established, they must take care not to overwhelm him and demand things that were never really there in the first place. So that's what Jiraiya had told them, and they had grudgingly agreed. But as all shinobi know, theory and practice are two very different things. And as they are waiting at the gates of Konohagakure, Jiraiya prays fervently that the two Konoichi will maintain their discipline. They are coming, he says now, projecting calm, because his eyes are sharper than most, and he can see movement at the horizon. Next to him, Tsunade and Sakura tense up even more and he can hear how his hime grits her teeth. Both women are still caught off guard. No surprise there, considering that there is almost no chakra signature to detect from the two boys moving down the road, slowly and steadily like any common travelers. They are wearing hange, subtle enough that it gradually fades away the closer they get. Hime? Jiraiya warns quietly, because the Hokage has never been good at keeping her temper in check. This is one of those moments where she is close to bursting. I know, she growls, and visibly forces herself to relax. Her turmoil is understandable. Jiraiya himself had parted ways with the boys only a few days ago. Even Sakura had ran into them twice during the past year. For Tsunade, however, this is the first time since Naruto's unexpected disappearance that she has laid eyes on him. It is not the first time that she had wanted to strangle the Uchiha, so Jiraiya decides to do what he generally dislikes, and takes the lead for now. Glad to see you could make it, he says, admittedly a little wryly, but with the intent of smoothing over hurt feelings, and focusing on the mission at hand. We don't go back on our words, Naruto replies, as he and his companion come to a stop in front of them, and Jiraiya nearly chokes on his tongue. Of course. Their symbiosis is absolute and all-encompassing. It still feels like a kick to the face to have Naruto's mantra bastardized and thrown back at them like this. Jiraiya could swear to see a tiny uptick at one corner of the Uchiha's pale mouth. 
But right then, he is too busy keeping Sakura and Tsunade under control. He has never seen the Hokage and her student fight side by side, and he does not particularly care to witness such a scenario now. Before we get down to business, Naruto says, skipping all pleasantries, as though to remind them all that this is no courtesy call. Is there somewhere we can talk? Privately? So they have spotted the Unbu, obviously. Of course, Tsunade says, as politely as can be expected under the circumstances. Then, as if testing their boundaries, Brat? Naruto doesn't quite grin, but his eyes glow a little. I'm not a brat anymore, he tells her, but you'll always be an old hag. Tsunade bites out a laugh. Fine by me, she says, even though anyone else would have been smashed through a wall already. But Tsunade would no longer do that to Naruto, especially not in front of the Uchiha. Let's go, she orders, and turns on her heel. Sasuke and Naruto exchange a fleeting look and follow, walking side by side, as if in sync. Jiraiya takes a moment to offer Sakura an encouraging nod. Her green eyes are glued to the boys' retreating backs, as they have been for the past five years. But when she notices Jiraiya watching her, she jerkily moves forward. It must hurt, he thinks, to not be acknowledged by either of her former teammates. When Orochimaru had gone rogue, Jiraiya had still felt like he could always rely on Tsunade and Hiruzen-sensei. Sakura no longer even had a real connection to Kakashi. In a way, she was now the fourth orphan of Little Broken Team 7. As they walk through the village, Jiraiya does what he does best. Observe. The Ochiha does not bother looking around, but Naruto takes everything in attentively, even if from behind, Jiraiya can only guess at his emotional reaction to the sights. The most severe of the recent damage has been cleared away and repaired, but Konoha is still far from its former glory. The last time Sasuke and Naruto had been here, they had assassinated the council, not caring for the fact, or rather, making use of it, that the village was under attack by Akatsuki. Technically, the two boys are enemies of the state now, and should, under no circumstances, be considered as allies. But to an extent, the council had brought its ruination upon itself. Danzuo certainly had. There was no denying that the Ochiha clan had been unlawfully exterminated, and that he has harvested their Sharingan for his own wicked intentions. Jiraiya had never endorsed thoughts of vengeance, especially not in this literal an-eye-for-an-eye sort of feud. But he could at least understand them. Sasuke hadn't been right in his actions, but he hadn't been more wrong than Danzuo either. And for now, this tentative alliance is the only real hope Kanoha still has. The Hokage Tower stands tall and fortified. Tsunade waves away the Chunin and Jonin that stand to attention at their arrival, but the Anbu still follow them. No one says anything, but there are many gazes following them, suspicious, disbelieving, incensed. For many, the boys' desertion has only hardened their unfavorable opinions about the Kyubi and the Sharingan users. Fortunately, it doesn't take long to reach Tsunade's office, and Jiraiya gratefully closes and seals the door behind them. There are no visible reminders of the execution of the council members that had happened within this very room, no blood staining the walls or soaked into the wooden floorboards. But the portraits of the former Hokage on the wall are an unpleasant reminder of all of Jiraiya's failures, especially now that Naruto has grown to be the spitting image of Minato. On Tsunade's desk, there are still pictures of her loved ones, the photograph of Naruto, Thirteen and smiling, and himself, is a far cry from reality. 
I am surrounded by echoes and shadows, Jiraiya realizes. But doesn't that just mean that there must still be sources of sound and light as well? First thing first, Tsunade says, slamming her palms down on the top of her desk as she sits behind it. Sakura stands to her right, just where Shizune always used to be until only a little while ago. I'm guessing you're not planning to help us out of the goodness of your heart, the Godame points out. So what are your demands? Destroying Akatsuki is within our interests as well, Sasuke replies, reminding them all of the rumors Jiraiya had carried home only a few weeks ago. Namely, that Akatsuki had gotten their hands on Naruto, and thus almost on the Kiyubi. Yet Naruto appears to be in perfect health, while Akatsuki has lost three of its members. But we also want complete exoneration, Sasuke adds, without shame or respect. If we do this, then no Konoha Shinobi will ever follow or attack us again. Complete exoneration would include being permitted back into the village, rank and all, Tsunade says, lips pursed. Don't worry, Sasuke almost smirks. We don't want that. He does it too, Jiraiya marvels. The Ochiha is no longer a single soldier, at least in front of Naruto. He promotes the idea of them being one, being together in all things. Is it just another strategy, or does he do it unconsciously? Does he truly believe it himself? Fine. Tsunade allows through gritted teeth. Anything else? Nothing. Nothing but what we've already established before, Sasuke answers. While we are here, no one questions us. No one tries to separate us. We will fight for you, but if one of your own assaults us, we will fight them too. As is fully within your right, Tsunade nods, if reluctantly, I have forewarned all my shinobi about your temporary return and instructed them to behave properly especially the people you will be working with. I can't vouch for everyone, though. Emotions are running high at the moment, so there will most likely be transgressions. Just avoid killing anyone. We are used to being treated as outsiders, Sasuke reminds her, and Naruto gives a short, agreeing nod. Fine, then, Tsunade declares, her tone final. After all this time of wanting to see Naruto again, she is obviously in a hurry to get this conversation over and done with. Sakura will show you around. At that, Jiraiya starts a little. It seems imprudent to choose a former classmate of the boys to act as a guide at all. But even then, Shikamaru Nara would have been the best bet, level-headed and generally emotionally uninvolved. Sakura is the complete opposite of that, and not at all prepared to handle such a precarious situation. If I may, he says casually, scratching the side of his nose, I'd like to come along. I haven't had a chance to look at the front lines yet. Tsunade gives Sakura a short nod of permission, and then dismisses them all, probably to drown herself in the sake she keeps locked away in her desk drawer. Follow me, Sakura says, her voice strong and unwavering. Jiraiya does not wish to underestimate her, but the day is still young, and there lie many obstacles ahead. The front lines aren't exactly that, because there is no full-blown war, but while the civilians have returned to living within the city walls— the shinobi are mostly stationed in barracks outside, trying to establish some semblance of routine and preparing for worst-case scenarios. People pause as their little route passes by. Some are openly staring. Some attempt to be more furtive about it. Soon enough, the whispers start up. It's them, isn't it? So Gadami-sama was speaking the truth? We're really supposed to work with them? My cousin got attacked by them once. I've always been saying that the bijou were dangerous. What are the higher-ups thinking? 
Neither Naruto nor Sasuke give any indication of hearing the voices all around. But then again, as Sasuke already said, the two have plenty experience of having to ignore other people's opinions. The Chunin are stationed here, Sakura explains, motioning towards the right where several tents and cabins have been set up. But we have Jonin supervisors who are in charge. Shikamaru is responsible for our division. Shikamaru is already a Jonin? Naruto marvels. Awesome. Dobe, Sasuke drawls. Ranks say nothing. Ability-wise, we'd be at least special Jonin. You'd be on Boo. But without any of the discipline and loyalty, Jiraiya thinks. You'd be unstoppable. Maybe you already are. Ha! Naruto laughs. You're just jealous because we flunked the tuning exam while Shikamaru didn't. I'm not jealous, Sasuke hisses and cuffs him over the head, but gently enough that Jiraiya can't even take offense. Sakura, however, watches the interaction with narrowed eyes. This is the canteen, she points out mechanically. Supplies are scarce, though, so food is being rationed. There are Choji and Ino, Naruto notices, something close to delight in his voice. Man, Choji has really gotten tall. In that moment, an Inuzuka steps out of the mess, closely followed by a huge white ninken. The three shinobi exchange some subtle looks, and then slowly walk over to the newcomers, keeping their gait unthreatening. Hi, Yamanaka Ino says casually, flipping her ponytail back, but her gaze is as sharp and analytical as her father's. Jiraiya can see the Inuzaka sniff surreptitiously. Only Akamichi Choza's boy fiddles with the hem of his sleeves, obviously a little bit uncertain. Ino, Sakura addresses her. Do you know where Shikamaru is? We haven't yet decided where to accommodate our guests. Jiraiya cannot fault her for not knowing how to call the two boys. They are allies, true, but only temporary ones. They used to be friends, classmates. But that was so long ago, and ended so abruptly, that any allusion to it would seem like an ill-timed joke. I think they're just meant to join us in the barracks, Ino replies with a shrug, that appears too practiced in its careless execution. We brought tents, Sasuke speaks up, to keep our privacy. A tense silence descends. The intimate course the nature of Sasuke and Naruto's relationship has taken is no secret to those who have worked on their case. Jiraiya knows that it has caused an outcry amongst all of them. And although, unlike Sakura, Ino has always primarily been a part of her own team, training under Sarotobi Osuma, she is also a student of Tsunade Hime and a Yamanaka to boot. She knows a lot about genjutsu and mind healing. She also knows about other kinds of trauma and abuse. You'll have to talk that out with Shika, she replies in that same easy manner, diplomatically picking up the conversation again. And speaking of the devil... Very funny, Ino. Shikamaru sighs as he draws closer. I'm your superior, remember? Do you want cleaning duty again? Do you want anyone to know about your super-secret rendezvous? Ino asks sweetly but then leaves Shikamaru his pride by making a vague gesture towards Naruto and Sasuke. Where are they supposed to sleep? In the trees, for all I care, as long as they don't cause any trouble. The Nara would probably roll his eyes if it weren't too much effort. And maybe stay close enough where I can keep an eye on them? You are an officially part of my division. You know that, right? The last part is directed at Sasuke and Naruto. We know now, Naruto nods, and then gives a little grin. Who would have thought that I'd ever be operating under your lead again, huh? The moment the words leave his mouth, Naruto cringes, seeming to belatedly realize how this might bring back a plethora of painful memories for all those gathered. Shikamaru had failed his very first mission as a chunin. Choji had almost died. Sakura had lost her teammates. 
all because Sasuke and Naruto had chosen to leave Konoha behind. Whatever. Shikamaru shrugs, and makes it look more unaffected than Ino did. But Jiraiya has also seen the boy spend five years frantically working on this case, even if others might be fooled. Come on, then. Shikamaru beckons. We'll see where you can set up camp, though you should probably keep as far away from the latrines as possible. Why? Naruto asks curiously, and Shikamaru gives him a look. Because they stink. Idiot. Sasuke says, and turns his head away to chuckle lightly, but Naruto just sticks his tongue out at him. They leave, bickering amongst themselves, Shikamaru in the lead, and Sakura tagging after them, silent and unhappy. Jiraiya chooses to stay behind, curious to hear the others' opinions. That was so weird. The Inuzaka pipes up as soon as the other group is out of earshot. His fingers are nervously carting through his dog's thick fur, as though needing physical reassurance. Weird how? Jiraiya asks, because he wants to get all the details before determining the full picture. Their smells are intertwined. The Inuzuka responds, rubbing his knuckles over his nose, obviously hoping to dispel the odor. I don't like it. They have their own sense, and I can differentiate who is who, but they are still all over each other, and only them and no one else. I've... I've never really smelt anything like that. Ino just nods seriously. That was to be expected, really, she assesses. From what we have gathered, Sasuke has avoided contact with other people. On the one hand, that makes them more difficult to track. On the other, it drastically limits Naruto's exposure to anyone who is not Sasuke. It's simple, but effective. And after five years of that... It's not just five years, though. The Akamichi now timidly raises his voice, obviously uncomfortable to be speaking about the subject at all, and with the three sets of eyes on him. Back at the academy, Choji points out, Naruto sometimes came to play with us. But he was still always drawn to Sasuke, even if I never saw them speak. That's true, Kiba recalls. And he was always going on about him, too, calling Sasuke cool or annoying by turns, even before he started mooning over Sakura. If he wanted to be like Sasuke, then gaining Sakura's attention would have meant that he was just as worthy in her eyes. Ino speculates. In a twisted way, it makes sense. And he was so young back then. And yet, in an unexpected turn of events, it was Sasuke and Naruto who ended up together. Jiraiya reminds himself to never write love triangles into his novels ever again. What are we going to do now? Choji asks. I mean, I know we're waiting for Akatsuki to make the first move, and for the backup to arrive, but until then, we are just going to act like everything is normal? Even with Naruto and Sasuke on our side, Akatsuki still have seven biju, Jiraiya points out, and we have no idea what they might really be capable of. But I once meant to become Naruto's mentor. There are still some things left that I may be able to teach him. What about Sasuke, then? Ino wants to know. I can't imagine that he'll just stand by. We'll offer him what he always liked best. Jiraiya gives a grim smile. Power. Ino, at least, seems to understand, giving a curt nod. Kiba, you should probably go and warn Hinata-chan. She tells the Inuzuka. Make sure she doesn't accidentally run into Naruto making out with Sasuke. Yeah, good idea. Kiba pulls a grimace, and then jumps on his ninkin's back. Let's go, Akamaru. Jiraiya, in the meanwhile, plans to find out where Kakashi might be hiding himself. There's nothing I could be teaching that boy, Kakashi says. His voice sounds hollow, without much intonation. It's a habit all Anbu pick up. Some just never drop it, even when they take off their masks. And Kakashi is not wearing porcelain now. 
but he's still hiding behind black fabric. One of Jiraiya's books, in a careless attitude. You have figured out secrets of the Sharingan that even most Uchiha weren't aware of. Jiraiya points out, I bet there are some he doesn't know about yet. I won't do your dirty work just so Sasuke is distracted and you can train Naruto in peace. Don't be petty, Jiraiya admonishes, hands on his hips. We have to keep the greater good in mind here. Because that is their prime directive. Finding a leeway to get through to Naruto in order to free him from the Uchiha's clutches would be a favorable outcome. But mostly, they have to concentrate on saving Konoha, and the rest of the world, really, from utter destruction. Having Naruto and Sasuke on their side, however, only makes sense if they can reach their full potential. And in Naruto's case, that would include making use of the Kyubi. Kakashi lets out a put-upon sigh. I will only extend the offer once, he relents, his shoulders slumping. But I will not beg him. Please just consider it, Kakashi says, his voice strained. No, Sasuke refuses again, arms crossed in front of his chest. One of our conditions was that we would not be separated. We've been here for three hours, and you're already trying to force us apart. There would be no force involved, Jiraiya points out calmly. We're just asking for your consideration. You're planning to take Naruto to another realm. Sasuke bears his teeth. What's stopping you from just ganging up on me and locking me up as soon as I am alone? It's because we need you. The contribution to their conversation is completely unexpected. Everyone turns to look at Sakura, but she just keeps her gaze fixed on her plate. Believe me, she grits out, I'd be the first person to throw you into prison. But the fact is that Kanoha is one battle away from annihilation. If your presence is what will tip the scale in our favor, then so be it. Hmm. Sasuke turns his nose up at her, then his eyes glance over at Naruto. I'm not happy with this either, the Jinjuriki admits with a pronounced pout, but I have to admit that I'm interested in that sage training. Fine, then, Sasuke says, and Naruto grins. Everyone else at the table stares a little. No matter what they had said, the Uchiha had not been swayed. But one word from Naruto was all it took to make him give in. So far, none of what they had witnessed matched up with their expectations in regards to Sasuke's omnipresent influence on Naruto. But, Sasuke adds, and everyone tenses a little, I get to eat your tomatoes. What? Naruto complains hastily, snatching up his bowl and lifting it out for reach. No fair! The portion is already tiny enough! I let you have the dongo back at the end. Sasuke reminds him, and reaches for his chopsticks, wielding them like dangerous weapons. That's not the point! Naruto yelps, ducking out of the way. You don't even like sweet stuff! And you don't really like tomato. Sasuke manages to wrestle him down, while Naruto barely keeps his food from spilling. They let out grunts and groans as they half-tossle on the floor. Unwillingly, Jiraiya finds himself reminded of a couple of nights ago, when he had to listen to similar sounds. Now it's nothing so depraved. Now it's just two teenage boys fighting over food. And yet, it feels so much more wrong. Sasuke wins, unsurprisingly, and Naruto huffs and puffs, but doesn't really seem put upon. Itadaki Matsu, Sasuke says saucily, before plopping the first tomato slice into his mouth, apparently only amused by Naruto's answering growl. I'll be in the barracks, Sakura declares, slamming down her own cup and standing up, before marching straight out of the canteen. Jiraiya barely refrains from doing the same. The next morning, Jiraiya wants to get an early start. They have no more time to lose, after all. Sasuke had demanded to at least let them have another night together. No one had dared to object, 
but mostly because no one really wanted to think about how their night would be spent. Now it's barely dawn, but the camp is already bustling with activity. Backup from the other main villages is meant to arrive soon, primarily led by the Raikage in defense of his Jinjuriki brother, and the Kazakage in revenge of hers. The prospect makes everyone eager and antsy at the same time. Additional forces mean that the leaf, at least, stands a fighting chance against Akatsuki, but it also includes new sources of conflict. But once more, Jiraiya will have to leave Tsunade behind to deal with diplomatic matters. Training Naruto is something only he can truly do. He's already made his chakra presence known, the equivalent of ringing the doorbell, but it's still Kakashi who joins him first, surprisingly, on time. What's taking them so long? He murmurs when they just stand in silence for a while, with nothing happening, save for Chunin bustling around them, throwing them curious looks. Do we really want to know? Jiraiya retorts, and Kakashi closes his eyes for a moment. That's not a mental image I'd like to start the day with, he says at length, sounding mildly miffed. Be careful when dealing with the Uchiha, Jiraiya reminds him. Don't corner him, don't question him. There's a chance he might goad you on, but I suspect he'll try to keep your interactions straightforward. His mere presence is a single taunt. Kakashi replies, and in that moment, the tense flap finally moves. When they emerge, neither boy offers a verbal greeting, but at least they appear well-rested, and Naruto gives the two men an acknowledging nod. Dobe, Sasuke says, and immediately regains his attention. They are standing close to each other, always within touching distance, as if they had their own gravitational pull. The Jiraiya is no longer sure whether he can pinpoint just who is orbiting whom. This is so weird, Naruto says, and laughs a little awkwardly. I don't think we've ever had to say goodbye. The same thought had occurred to Jiraiya as well, that within the past five years, neither had ever been without the other, at least never for more than a few hours at a time. Divide and conquer, he thinks to himself, with a reminder to keep his patience. This is not goodbye, Sasuke replies, his tone leaving no room for doubt, even though he does not speak with particular vehemence. Time flies during training. We'll see each other again in a blank. And maybe they had heard Kakashi's previous complaint about not wanting to see certain things. But then they are already leaning in towards each other. Kakashi pointedly turns his head away, but Jiraiya just lets out a slow, controlled breath through his nose, refusing to openly snort at the display of affection. Because that's what it is, really. Around them, people stop and start to oogle, as Sasuke and Naruto exchange sweet little kisses, their noses brushing, and Sasuke's hands coming up to tangle in Naruto's hair. Eventually, though, Jiraiya is forced to interrupt them. Before Akatsuki attack might be a good time, he warns, clearing his throat, but even then, the two just still, with their foreheads touching each other. When I come back, Naruto teases with a grin, I'll have some cool new jutsu to kick your ass with. When you come back, Sasuke replies in kind, but then just lets his voice trail off, coupled with a meaningful glance. Next to Jiraiya, Kakashi lets out a barely suppressed groan. For someone who reads a lot of porn, he's surprisingly squeamish about mentions of sex. Naruto simply laughs, and finally, they separate. Let's get this over with, the boy says, as though training with Jiraiya were a terrible chore, so the old man just smiles and doesn't let his heart show. The great toad had looked at Naruto, and looked and looked, and then just given a big, heavy sigh. He is worthy he had declared finally, 
and maybe our secrets will suffice to guide him back to his path after he has been led astray. Naruto had not taken kindly to that, and is still sulking a bit. The toad tells me you've never tried to summon them again, Jiraiya tells him conversationally, hoping to ease the tension, and also find out more about the boy's mindset. Well, it would have seemed a little too presumptuous, Naruto admits, and rubs the back of his neck. And I also didn't want to risk them telling on me. Gamakichi was always a bit of a blabbermouth. Sounds like someone else I once knew, Jiraiya muses. But he has grown up quite a bit. What, Gamakichi? Naruto says, though obviously aware that they are having two conversations. Yes, Jiraiya nods. Him too. But Naruto doesn't take the bait. Instead, he just rolls up his sleeves and puts his hands on his hips. So, he says, painfully reminiscent of the child Jiraiya once fleetingly knew. What's this sage business all about? Time flies during training, just as the Uchiha had said. Jiraiya finds himself daydreaming about how this might have been his life if certain things had never happened. He would officially have become Naruto's mentor, would have taken him traveling and taught him everything he knew. He had gotten a taste of that when they had gone to search for Tsunade Hime. Three precious weeks of bonfires and popsicles and traditional fairs. Jiraiya thinking, Minato, I have done you wrong, but I know now, this is my duty. This is my destiny. This. But even then, it had still been overshadowed by the Uchiha as a constant thought on Naruto's mind. I'll do everything to save him, Naruto had repeated time and time again, more than once forgetting to add, and Kaka-sensei too. Back then, Jiraiya had mistaken it for loyalty, had fondly thought of what a good shinobi Naruto already was, even if only by his unwavering determination. He's my best friend, Naruto had told him, staring into the flames many a night, the firelight licking at his scarred cheeks. I can't give him up. I can't fail him. I can't. And Naruto hadn't. The Uchiha had survived the ordeal, even if it turned out to be just another puzzle piece that paved his rapid descent into madness. If he had never woken from his coma, everything would have been much different. Naruto would have remained a citizen of Konoha, and would have become even more inspired to protect his loved one. But these thoughts are meaningless now, and Jiraiya focuses on how he can get Naruto to save the village after all. The boy is a quick study, always has been in Jiraiya's eyes, though he knows his other teachers would disagree. Still, sage mode is not about strength or intelligence. It's patience and balance and harmonizing with the natural energy all around you. Naruto is no longer as hot-headed and brash as he used to be, but that doesn't mean that he has suddenly developed an affinity for meditation. It doesn't help that they are working with a time limit. Soon enough, two weeks have passed. Concentrate, Jiraiya instructs restlessly. Concentrate on everything, not just a single fixed point. Feel your surroundings, the wind in your hair, the air in your lungs. Dig your toes into the soil and listen for the earthworms underneath. By now, Naruto has given up on growling out unannoyed, I'm trying! But the sweat on his brow gives away the fact that he is, still, in fact, trying too hard. Sage mode cannot be forced. It has to be felt. In that moment, Jiraiya registers a disruption on the plane, and a moment later, Gamakichi has entered the realm, popping into existence next to him. It's time, he relates, his big eyes bulging even more, and he doesn't have to say anything else. Jiraiya's gaze turns back towards Naruto, who has opened his eyes as well. Go, he says. They need you. Your training is not yet finished, Jiraiya reminds him, reluctant to leave, 
but Naruto just shrugs. You've done your best. The rest is up to me. And anyway, I can always ask the Toads for more help. True, Jiraiya admits, and turns thoughtful for a moment. Then he addresses Gamakichi. How dire is it? Zetsu has started infiltrating the front lines, the young Toad informs him. He's keeping everyone occupied, probably so Madara won't have to bother with the small fish. Has the backup arrived yet? Tsunade-sama is currently discussing battle plans with the Kazakage and Raikage. It still looks like Zetsu might outnumber the joint forces. Jiraiya curses under his breath, thinking quickly. Naruto was right. He'd taught him everything he could. Naruto would have to figure out the rest for himself. Until then, Jiraiya might as well join the fray, and even the odds a bit. Fine, he says, and gives a tight nod. Brat, you stay here and perfect sage mode, he tells the boy, who watches him attentively. Once you've done that, follow me. I have some weeds to burn down. <laughs>